We meet today in Galatians chapter 5, verse 15 to verse 26. We're talking about the fact that when you are saved by faith and you walk in the Spirit, that causes production of the fruit of the Spirit. Now Paul is going to contrast living in the desires of the flesh with walking in the Spirit of God. This whole section before us gives us the mundus operandi of Christian living. As we enter this important section, I would like to make a recapitulation and tie it in with what we have had. In this section, the theme is sanctification by the Spirit. Paul has told us that we are to stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. That is in verse 1. From what has Christ set us free, my friend? Paul has already mentioned several things in this epistle. In chapter 1, verse 4, Paul tells us that Christ has set us free from this present evil world. That is, we don't have to serve this world. Then in chapter 2, verse 20, he says, It is no longer I who lives. You see, you and I cannot live the Christian life but Christ can live it in us. What a wonderful freedom we have. In chapter 3, verse 13, Paul tells us that we have been delivered from the case of the law. We have been delivered from the judgment and the condemnation of the law. In fact, we have been delivered from the very law itself. We read Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 to verse 5, But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. That is a wonderful experience that we have been given. Now Paul is exhorting the Galatians, including us today, to walk in the Spirit. He states the conflict between the flesh and the spirit, that is verse 16 to verse 18. Then he enumerates the words of the flesh and the fruits of the flesh, verses 19 to verse 23. He shows that true Christians have crucified the flesh. And again he calls on the Galatians and us today to walk in the spirit. And he warns us as he warned the Galatians, against vain glory and envy. And that is what verse 24 to verse 26 enumerates. Now here is his injunction in verse 16 of Galatians chapter 5. This I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the desires of the flesh. This verse states the great principle of Christian living Walk by means of the Spirit. The word for walk is peripateo in Greek, which means just to walk up and down. Now, this word was used for a school philosophy in Athens, that is in Greece, in which the founder walked up and down as he thought through his ideas. Now, the principle for us is walking in the Spirit. If we do, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, the other word introduced is lust. And the word lust in our usage today has an evil connotation, which the Greek word does not have. Lust of the flesh 
refers to the desires of the flesh, many of which are not necessarily immoral, but they are of the flesh. I'm thinking of such desires as desire for music, art, and, and all the works of those people who do good things. There are many things which are in themselves not evil, but they can take the place of spiritual things. Some Christians can get wrapped up in a hobby which takes them away from the word of God. When that has happened, it has become sinful. For example, many Christians spend a lot of time worshipping before the little box called the television. Now, don't misunderstand me. I watch television. I'm not under any law that says I can't watch television. There are a few programs that I actually enjoy. But watching television is a desire of the flesh. If it takes you away from that which is spiritual, then it is wrong. The same applies for any sports, be soccer, be golf, be baseball. When a certain hobby, just a desire of the flesh, is now taking you away from the presence of God and even time to serve God, then it has become sinful. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish to. Galatians 5 verse 17. You see, a believer has a new nature now. This is what our Lord Jesus said to Nicodemus when he said, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. John 3 verse 6. The believer still has that old nature of the flesh now, and he won't get rid of this nature in this life. The idea that we can get rid of the old nature is actually a tragic mistake. John said, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. 1 John 1 verse 8 Therefore we still carry the old nature with us, and the old nature and the new nature are at war. My friend, if the truth is not in you, then you must be a liar. Now, this puts the perfect individual in the position of being a liar. Anyone who claims to be without sin, anyone who claims to be perfect, you are categorized immediately by the word of God as a liar. So we have two natures, the old and the new. That is what Paul describes in the last part of Romans. He himself experienced the turmoil of two natures. And this has also been the experience of many believers. I have had that experience too. The flesh wars against the spirit, and the spirit wars against the flesh. Therefore, we cannot do the things that we would like to do. The new nature rebels against the old nature. They are contrary. They are at war with each other. Have you experienced this war in your own life? If you are honest with yourself, you would say, Indeed, I have experienced the war. Paul even said, Who will deliver me from this wretched body that I am in? Because he had experienced the war within himself. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Galatians 5 verse 18 
You see, the Holy Spirit of God brings us to a higher plane. Even though we have the old and the new nature within us, you see, when we allow ourselves to be led by the Spirit, then we are brought to a higher level. Now, Paul makes it more clear what the works of the flesh are. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 to verse 23. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, rivalries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Paul is enumerating the fruit of the flesh here. This is an ugly brood of sensual sins, religious sins, social sins, and personal sins. You would say the sins here are categorized into four groups. Sensual sins, religious sins, social sins, and personal sins. Now, what are the sensual sins? Well, these include adultery and fornication put together. It's the whole area of prostitution that has threatened to destroy and wipe out all the peoples of the world. And Africa is not spared in this uh, respect. Go into our major cities and see the sensual sins. Uncleanness, uncleanness, which in Greek is akathasia, which refers to impurity, sexual sins, including pornography. Young people are absorbed into pornography, even through the internet. God have mercy on us. There is lewdness, brutality, and sadism. All these are sensual sins. Then on religious front, it talks of idolatry, the worship of idols. This includes the worship of ancestral spirits, the worship of materialism, of money, and anything that takes the place of God. It's idolatry. Sorcery, which is where we get the name pharmacare, witchcraft, drugs, horoscope, all these. Then hatred, of course, is talking about enmity. Enmity, see how even on the continent of Africa, how many nations have gone to war, the same people fighting each other. Civil unrest, hatred. Racial hatred, ethnic hatred, then contentions. You see, the word contentions comes from the Greek word eris, and that was the Greek god eris, was the goddess of strife. So it talks of contentions and quarrels. Then emulations, you're talking of jealousy, revelry, wrath, talking of hot timber. Strive, factions, cliches, little cliches, even in church, which really had the cause of Christ. Seditions, divisions, heresies, parties and sects, envies, you see, murders. The Lord says that even if you hate, you are already guilt of murder. 
All these are social sins. Social sins begin with the emulations. Emulations, wrath, strife, sedition, heresies, envies, murders. On personal sins, issues like drunkenness, revelings, and wantonness, those are personal sins. Now, my friend, notice that Paul concludes this list of words of the flesh by a statement that say, and such like, which means there are many others he could have mentioned. And there are many others that are going on that are being practiced even in our societies. Now, having listed the works of the flesh, Paul will list the fruit of the Spirit. Notice the contrast. Works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. The works of the flesh are what you do. The fruit of the Spirit is what God produces through you. The Ten Commandments were given to control the flesh, but now the Christian life is to produce the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and verse 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, against such, there is no law. Now, the fruit of the Spirit refers to the attitudes of life and thought which become characteristic of those who walk in the Spirit. A good test for those who claim to be spiritual can be formulated from the checklist in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and verse 23. The Lord Jesus Christ talked about the fruit of the Spirit in John 15. He said that without Him, we could do nothing. And fruit is what He wants in our lives. He wants fruit, more fruit, and much fruit. In his parable of the sower, he spoke of seed bringing forth thirtyfold, sixtyfold, and a hundredfold. That is in Matthew 13. You see, Christ wants us to bear much fruit. Now the fruit is produced by the Lord Jesus using the Spirit of God in our lives. He wants to live his life through us. You are asked to let him live through you. No believer can live the Christian life himself. The old nature cannot produce the fruit of the Spirit. We are to abide. We are to remain. We are to stay in Christ if we are to produce fruit. My personal mission statement goes like this. Abiding disciple, making abiding disciples. That mission statement came as a result of meditating upon John chapter 15. And I think it captures an important aspect of life. You see, it is important to remain in Christ, to make disciples who too remain in Christ. Paul is stating the principle of fruit bearing so we can understand it. The fruit is produced by yielding, by yielding to the sweet influence that are about us. I am not talking about the world, and neither is Paul. We are to yield to the Holy Spirit who dwells us. The Holy Spirit wants to produce fruit. It is called the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Notice it is singular, is, not are, 
and it is called the fruit, not fruits. You can argue about the grammar used here, but it happens to be singular in Greek. This indicates that love is the fruit, and from it stems all other fruits. Love is primary. Paul says that without love, we become a sounding brass or a tingling symbol, according to First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. First Corinthians 13 belongs to the gifts of the Spirit, and the gifts are not to be exercised except by the fruit of the Spirit, which is love. You cannot excise a gift without doing it by the fruit of the Spirit. So love is all important. Paul continues to say in 1 Corinthians 13 that if you give your body to be burned and give everything that you have to the poor but don't have love, you are nothing. Now we need to recognize that the importance of what Paul is talking about concerning love. Another thing that Paul says in 1 Corinthians is that love never seeks its own. Love is always doing something for others. A gift is always to be exercised in the church, my friend. It is a manifestation of the Spirit to all believers. All believers have a gift, and it is to be exercised for the profit of the body of believers. My eyes operate for the benefit of the rest of my body. They guide my body in the right direction. They are important. I cannot imagine my eyes walking out on the rest of my body and saying, we like looking around and your feet get tired, so we are going to leave you for a while. No, no, no. They never do that. We need to recognize that no gift apart from the fruit of the Spirit is to be exercised. That is, that fruit is love. This is the kind of fruit that the Lord Jesus Christ was talking about in John 15. The fruit is the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. There is no law against them, and no law which will produce them, you see. You cannot produce any of these by your own effort. Have you ever tried being meek, for instance? If you tried being meek and accomplished it, you would be proud that you became meek, and then you would lose your meekness and humility. And those who are Christ's, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Galatians 5 verse 24. When was the flesh crucified? Well, when they reckon that when Christ died, they died. They will yield themselves on that basis. In Romans 6 verse 13, Paul says, Do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin. But present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Colossians chapter 3 verse 3 says, For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Galatians 2 verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. In the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In all of these passages, the thought is that the 
is that when Christ was crucified, the believer was crucified at the same time. The believer is now joined to the living and the victorious Christ. The victory is not by struggling, but it is by surrendering to Christ. The scriptural word is yield. That is surrendering. It is an act of the will. This is the key to it all. If we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. Galatians 5 verse 25. In verse 16, we were given the principle of walk. Here in verse 25, it means to learn to walk. Just as we learned to walk physically by the trial and error method, so we are to begin to walk by the Spirit. It is a learning process. You have to learn to walk in the Spirit, which means you are to start out. Why not start out now? Say, I'm going to walk in the Spirit. I'm going to depend upon the Holy Spirit to produce the fruit in my life. Perhaps you are thinking that you might fall down. I have good news for you. You are going to fall. It will hurt. You say, how many times will I fall? I don't know. I am still falling myself. But that is the way you are going to walk in the Spirit. And that's the only way. My friend, you need to step out today and begin leaning upon the Spirit of God. Yield yourself to Him. It is an act of the will. Live by the Spirit and walk, walk. Don't hesitate. Don't fear. If a child would fear trying, that child will never walk. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Galatians 5. Verse 26. Now, you and I are never going to be wonderful saints of God here. He is wonderful. Oh, how wonderful he is. He is worthy of our worship. But let's start walking, depending on him like little children. That's what he wants to do in us. And let us not think we will be able to do on our own. Let us not even provoke each other or envy those who are doing well in their faith, in their walk with God. What are we to do? We are to get down from our high chairs and start walking in the Spirit. The Christian life is not a balloon ascension with some great overpowering experience of soaring to the heights. Rather, it is a daily walk. It is a matter of putting one foot ahead of the other in dependence upon the Holy Spirit. How many steps are you going to take today, my brother? Walk in the Spirit. Begin now. Yield, surrender to Him. Allow Him to operate and work through you. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send an email to info at twrafrica.org. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me repeat that email address for you. Info at twrafrica.org.